Brian, yo, 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 what it do, what it do. This is your boy, Yellow the Boy, and I am here with Mr. Luke Lissings. And let me tell you, Mr. Luke is a young guy. I love talking to the youth. I love seeing the youth being successful. It is an awesome thing. Mr. Luke has definitely been successful in real estate, and he's also been successful in some other ventures. Let's get to it. So Mr. Luke can explain to us what's really going on. Welcome, Luke. Let's say I greatly appreciate you joining the show. Is there anything that you would like to share with us to help us understand what you do? Yeah, thanks for having me so much, Yellow. I, I come from a very different perspective. Nowadays, you see like the young guys making a great killing off these new business schemes and things of that nature. I come from I come from a very old school style of <clears throat> generating business, doing deals, stuff like that. Very old school sales style, but obviously very ethical. I'm open to talk about anything, man. Anything that that can help your audience gain some insight on business development, um, how to network, anything, anything really. Awesome, awesome. I love it. I love it. So, can you please tell us about? Um, what type of um, events or things that you've actually gone through before making it to where you are now? Yeah, so I kind of got started into all of this stuff back when I was in high school. I was in my last year of high school and I got hit with this really weird, I wouldn't say it was a depressed type of mindset, but it was more like a very uncomfortable type of state that I was feeling like, I was going to school, I was being put through what I now believe is an indoctrination system to do something I don't want to do, to be 50, 60 grand in death after four years of doing this thing, which is school. And, and, and that thought, I don't know what triggered it, that put me in a really weird state where I was very confused, lost as a 17, 18 year old kid. Funny mm -hmm. enough, my last year of high school, I was absent 122 times. So oh, I never God. showed up to school. Half oh, the school God. year I was gone. Never showed up. And here's the funny part, actually, Yellow. I, I ended up graduating, you know, on the honor roll, which which is quite funny. But <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, funny. like, like, like that was kind of like the triggering event. Like, after that, I, I decided to get into real estate because I was doing a lot of freelancing slash I had a marketing agency. And a lot of our clients were in real estate. And I figured I'd just get into real estate myself by selling properties. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So in your journey, um, what actually led you to real estate? It came out of necessity. It was actually, I didn't want it to want to become a realtor. My parents, ever since they came to Canada, they've been putting money into an RESP, which is a registered fund for educational purposes only. Okay. So whenever you put money into it, you earn interest, but you can only access that money if your child goes to school. Because I didn't want to go to school, they were panicking. Like they've had, they have thousands and thousands of dollars sitting in this account that they thought I was going to use. But now I'm saying, forget your money. I'm not going to school. I don't care what you say. <laughs> One alternative they suggested after doing some due diligence is getting your real estate license. Because technically, getting your real estate license isn't school, but it also allows for them to access that money. So I said, you know what? I'll make the compromise. I'll get my license so you can get your money. You can shut up. But after. I got my license. I was just like, well, fuck, if I'm already here, I might as well just give this thing a shot. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's kind of what started it all. For the first six months, I couldn't do a single deal in real estate. For the first six months, I had no money coming in. And I met this guy at a networking event that introduced me to uh, a friend out in Toronto, his friend in Toronto. And he said, speak to this guy named Jazz. He's, he's the top real estate broker for Royal Page Canada. Uh -huh. This was back in 2019. And he said, if you, if you reach out to him, let's see, like, just see where that goes. Maybe he might teach you who knows where that goes. I, I end up getting a hold of this guy, Jazz. And, 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 and I, I tell Jazz, like, I want to join your team. I want to learn from you. And then he says, no problem, Luke. How old are you? I said, at the time, I'm, I was 19 years old. He says, okay, how many deals have you done? I said, zero. He says, how long have you been in business for? I said, six months. He says, well, unfortunately, we don't hire junior agents on our team. And then I stopped him and I said, Jazz, I think you're making a big mistake if you don't meet me. And it was quiet for like four or five seconds. He's just like, who the hell is this kid? Who, who does this guy think he is? And he says, okay, fine. I'm going to text you a link to my Calendly, book a spot for next week to meet me. 
I booked a spot for 8 a.m. on a Monday. Nobody was in the office. It was only me, him, our vice president. Dressed well. I came in. He says, the moment I saw that you came in early and dressed well, I knew we were going to take you on your team. So for the first year, I worked as Jazz's assistant just so I can learn any, everything from him. And now Jazz and I still have a relationship like this. That's like my big brother to me. And we still do hundreds of deals a year together. And yeah, I have my own business as well. And we do hundreds of millions of dollars in sales as well. And that's pretty much how it all started, man. It's just reaching to the to the guy at the top of the business. Awesome. Awesome. That's what's up, man. That is what's up. So in your journey, what type of um, emotional um, situations did you face that made you say either I don't want to do this and how did you overcome that? I'll tell you something about my specific niche. So I'm a real estate agent by, by, by trade. I guess call me a realtor by trade. Mm-hmm. The 99% of realtors that you know are selling properties. So like this office that I'm in, if you're a commercial agent, you can sell this. The streets down the, uh, the, the homes down the street, you can sell them, you can get a commission. Mm-hmm. I'm in a very specific niche. And that niche in real estate is called pre-construction. So if there's a condo development being constructed, in order for a developer to start building, at least here in Canada, they need to have sold units prior so they can get construction financing. What my team does is we help people buy these condo developments before they get built. There's a number of different reasons why they're good investments. Aside from that, the reason why I bring that up is because since I'm selling something that's not going to be built for four years from now, Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to maintain my cash flow because the way the commissions are paid out in this one, it's very sporadic. You might make you might make 20 grand on one sale, but you might not get a single dollar for 12 months. Wow. I'm 19 years I'm 19 years old, 20 years old at the time when I started to go into sales. I'm 20 years old with no direct income coming, selling six, seven hundred thousand dollar shoe boxes because they're condos. Mm-hmm. And in Toronto, prices are high. I'm selling six hundred, six to seven hundred thousand dollar, five hundred square foot, one bedroom condos mm-hmm. at twenty years old with a baby face. Everything was working against me. On top of that, we had the lockdowns for two and a half years. I couldn't meet anybody. I couldn't take my clients out for dinners and none of that stuff. Right. And now we're in a recession where interest rates are flirting at around six and a half percent, and everybody has their hands in their pockets because they're too scared to buy. Mm-hmm. But despite all of those things, I've still sold well over 300 deals. Why is that? And and there's a number of different reasons why that is. And going back to what I was saying earlier, it's just very old school, no sexy like strategies. Not just very picking up the phone. How are you? Building relationships. Do you know anyone that needs help at this time? That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So what areas um, have you noticed that a lot of people need help in? When it comes to real estate? I find that a lot of people are very arrogant. I think they think they know it all. But the first thing I did, and I think this was like probably a blessing from God because I didn't even know I was doing this right, Mm -hmm. is that I simply reached out to the guy at the top of our business and I said, I'm going to learn from you, whether you like it or not. I'm going to just show up to your office, even though you tell me to leave, and I'm going to bring the coffees. Because you're just going to like the fact that I have that kind of work ethic and attitude. <laughs> so people have to be just so, like, people are, are very arrogant. They don't want to learn from somebody that knows more than them. I And, and off camera, Yellow, I was telling you, like, despite the fact that I've accomplished X amount of things in my life, mm-hmm. I still humbly say I'm not qualified to teach this type of person because I've never accomplished this. Mm-hmm. And that thing was... I, I, I'm not qualified to teach a millionaire how to, to scale to, to multi-millions because I've never done that. So if a multimillionaire would have come to me and say, Luke, yeah, sure, you've, you've sold $180 million worth of real estate over the last two years, but here's how you could double that. I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. And if this person has accomplished that, no problem. Teach me. Exactly. I'm not too cool. I'm not too cool. I'm not, I don't have that big of an ego. I'm not cocky. Exactly. A lot of people, they have to be willing to learn. In Toronto, in the, in the GTA, there's close to 80,000 realtors, if I'm not mistaken, in, wow. this, in, in this city. There's 80,000 people that you're competing against. You're competing with guys like me and the agents all across my office. Mm -hmm. So you have to just put the ego to the side, learn from somebody that's just killing the game. And and if they have your best interest in mind and at heart, there's no way that you can lose. Right. So what would you say that keeps you humble through it all? 
Uh, oh man, I think everything keeps me humble because, okay, let's just say I've sold $180 million worth of real estate. Somebody out there sold 180, 181. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then one day when I crossed the billion dollar net worth mark, there's still three, 4,000 billionaires in this world. Somebody's making more money than me still. Right. There's always, there's always something like there's always that one edge that someone's always going to have on you. And what keeps me humble is knowing that, listen, instead of trying to cl climb my way to the top in that sense, mentally with my ego, why don't we just be all friends? Why don't we just all be friends? You're making millions. You're making millions. I'm making six figures. Let me learn from you. Let me teach me how to get to the seven figure mark. That's it. Why do we have to try to, I get friendly competition that I understand, but that just keeps me humble because I could look, I could, I, I could talk a big game and then I could look at jazz right next to me in my off in his office. And he'll say, Luke, sh just shut up, bro. Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> and I'll just sit there and I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you know you you know you know more than me you know more than me. you've taught me yeah. everything i know I'll, I'll never talk a big game i'll never talk you know more than me brother no problem <laughs> so is it safe to say that you um understand and you recognize that there are competitive edges out there but instead of following the competitive edge you kind of like stay where you're comfortable uh, 100%. And like, really, here's the thing, like, my best month last year, so in 2022, I probably wrote 105k in net commissions. That's after all expenses, direct to me, expenses, splits, everything 105k in one month. This was and that was my best month. That was probably March of last year. And then after that, like I was hitting like 80k months, 90k months, whatever. But here's the thing, that same month when I wrote 105K in commissions, there are agents that I've spoken to that did 600K. They're doing 600K in a month. And I'm sitting there like, hmm, I ain't shit. <laughs> I, ain't, I, I ain't shit. And, and, and that's why I'll never knock anybody for any, for like wherever they are. I'll never knock these people because I've been there and I'm still, I'm still there. Because there's always a bigger fish in this in, in, in this in this ocean that we're in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So along the path, have you gained any significant others? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I you probably have this problem too, yellow man. You gotta you gotta weed through all of the good ones and the bad ones. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the last, for the first, uh, actually, something that's that's that probably worked well in my favor was for. For three years, I was single. I was seeing other. I was seeing other women, but I was never in a fully committed relationship. And that gave me a lot of peace of mind, knowing that I don't have to text this girl at nighttime, you know. Otherwise, she's gonna start spazzing out on me. I can just focus on work. Yeah, that that works for a lot of people. There are lots of people in this industry that have many women, and they still get a lot of work done. What worked well for me was instead of committing myself to one specific female. I, I had a little bit of a roster of them, but there wasn't that firm commitment. And and that allowed me to just have that peace of mind that I'm not necessarily responsible for you. So you can go run away and do whatever you want. <laughs> when you're lonely at night, you can hit me up. But <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty much where we draw the line. You know what I mean? But I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian man. I read the Bible every day. I, I really am. I'm not saying that like, like as a joke. Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian saying. man. I read, the, I, I read the Bible every day. So... I'm very respectful in that sense. Now I have a, a lovely girlfriend that understands that even when I am busy and coming home at 3 a.m., like last night, last night I got home at 3 a.m. because I was working and then I had friends to see for, for a birthday event. Yes. Like, like my, my, my girlfriend's good in that sense where she's not going to give me a hard time. Very, very submissive. I like that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's pretty cool. I mean, I got me and my wife uh, February 3rd it'll make a 30 year mark for us um congratulations <laughs> we we we're tight we're very strong together we are soulmates we're meant for one another so wherever I'm weak she's strong and vice versa and the beauty of it is that irregardless of what I'm doing she's there she she's very supportive and she knows me she knows how I am so there's not that expectation of 
just because you're growing, you're cheating, or you're deciding to go out with other women. I don't have to worry about that. And I love it. I love not having to have that type of burden on my back because I can still focus on growing our network because I don't say that it's just mine because it's not just mine. I'm not just doing this for me, but I'm also doing this for her too. And by me growing our network and on one end, she's actually growing our network on another end. So I'm not doing this alone. So I can never say that it's just mine. And when you have that type of love, that type of commitment, you can still gain and make accomplishments no matter what it is that you do. But you got to I love that. that understanding. You got to have that. So that was the reason why I asked you about having a significant other in your life, because sometimes people get someone in their lives and it's more of a deterrence rather than an opportunity for growth. 100%. I'm actually glad you mentioned that because there's a saying like, you know, behind every great man, there's a great woman. Yes. If that was true, then the alternative has to be true. Meaning behind every man's downfall was a bad woman. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Like, it, it has to make sense. So the biggest mistake a lot of people make is because they, they choose the wrong partner in life. I mean, look at someone like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, and, you know, both going through divorces right now, losing half their net worth. Yeah. And and going through all the all, all the problems that they're currently going through, mm-hmm. so my, my, like I, I'm very blessed because because I don't have that problem. Mm-hmm. And now now here's the thing: the best thing a female can do is exactly what you just told me your wife does, which is not give you a hard time. If if like women complain all the time that men are trash, they're this, they're that. You need to understand, like, like the male and female dynamic can be so beautiful if we both understand each other's roles in this relationship and not try to overstep and try to be like, 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 like one another. Like you're from Texas, and and I, and I know you guys feel very strongly about this. Men are trying to be like women, and women are trying to be like men, like like men. <laughs> Why can't we just stay in our own lanes? Like, now here's the thing: I understand women want to feel liberated and all these. I get that. Whatever. But here, but wouldn't you rather, instead of working, trying to get the bag, buy more Gucci bags, go for dinners, why don't you just stay home? This is just a suggestion. Doesn't it make sense to just stay home, raise your kids, raise your family, and go and let your husband die in the coal mines? Isn't that a better life? Let your husband go through the hard shit. Like that's what we're okay with. That we have we have thick skin. We don't mind being out in the streets, working to pro- to provide and feed for our families. That's where we get. A little bit of a dopamine hit. Men, we come home thinking, yes, I busted my ass for the last 16 hours on the streets making money for my family. We feel good about that. We feel like we deserve respect. But then you come home to a wife that's nagging about some stupid shit that you did in the morning. That's when the dynamic gets a little bit off. I think when we can play off of each other, things can be very beautiful. But both men and women don't seem to understand that. That's that. That's a very compelling way to put that. I I, <laughs> I can definitely see where you're going with that. My thing though is this: let's say that you're in a situation and both parties are there, you and your companion are there, and in that situation, she knows more about that situation than you do. Do you step up? and try and take the lead of the situation that you don't know anything about, but she does? Or do you allow her her moment to shine and you support her? I know everything. (laughs) I I, I had to break the straight face there for a second. But no, I'll, I'll, I'll jokes aside. If in the event she knows something more than me, which is very rare, Know some more knows more about something than me, which is which again is very rare. Then yes, of course. Like going back to what we were saying earlier, I don't have that much of an ego where I would say no, 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 baby, no, I got, I got this. Even though you know more, I'm gonna go fuck about and try this anyway. <laughs> if if you know more, why not just listen to you? I have no problem. The likelihood of that happening though, like, and I mean this very honestly, is very low. Like, what does she possibly know more about me? She doesn't know how to jumpstart a car. I do. If the car breaks down, I know how to do that. <laughs> one thing, one thing women are very good at though is is they have a really strong intuition. So if I'm out about and she points out some guy looks kind of sketchy, 
I'll take her word for it. She's going to say, look, that guy over there looks a little bit sketchy. looks like he's going to start doing something weird. Maybe we shouldn't walk by him on, on this side of the sidewalk. Maybe we should cross the street. No fucking problem. You have a different level of intuition than me. You understand and see worlds, the world in a different place. If it makes you feel better, no problem. That that's not an issue. Right. But if she tries to tell me, if she if she if she comes into my office and says, "No, you should have said this on the phone. Maybe the deal would have got done." I'm like, "What the fuck do you know?" <laughs> I look at you. Don't tell me how to talk to my clients. <laughs> but what about what about just? basic understanding in certain areas of communication maybe maybe that was the reason why because me personally like if my wife say um maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you shouldn't do that my first thing is to ask her what did she see and why did she present that statement to me and once I understand where she's coming from and then I explain to her why I do the things that I do and we both finally understand why this or why that or what this is for and what that is for. Once we both understand that, it's usually something that actually works out. I understand where she's coming from and like, okay, um, I'm going to try to tweak it a little bit so that I'll see if this actually works better for me versus me saying, continuing doing what I was doing because I felt like it was working for me. I'll see if something else would work something that would probably make it better. And nine out of 10 times, I kid you not, doing it this way so far, things have constantly gotten better. Like, you know, like as far as like views that I get now, instead of the 2000, I mean, the 2 million some views that I was getting, I'm now at 4.5 million views. So wow. thanks to listening to her, she didn't know exactly everything that I do on a detail level, but just understanding certain forms of communication and listening to what she said and why she said it, it helped me to grow even more. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you want to know why that actually works, Yellow? It's because men are more logical and women are more emotional. But the problem is, and I'm going to put this on the men now, is they get too emotional when they start to have an argument with their girl. They start to spaz out and yell back at their girl and I'll turn into a heated argument and da-da-da-da-da. They don't know how to control their emotions. If your girl comes to you with a suggestion or a problem, it's coming from an emotional state. You ever, you ever hear a girl, the most common thing these women say is, you don't understand how I feel. That's how I feel. But what about my feelings? That's what they all say. But then when they say that, men tend to spaz out. That's because they're too emotionally driven now. They, they need to keep themselves level. They got to control their emotions. But when you can calmly look at your woman and think, okay, this is how she feels. Me as a logical man, here's what the most logical solution is. I'm going to look at her emotions, but coming from a logical, logical perspective, here's the best way to combine the two things. Boom. Now you have a solution. So like, that's my approach. Whenever I do something, it comes from a very logical perspective. And if the woman that I'm with spats out on me because she's going to react emotionally, the last thing I need to do is spaz out back reacting emotionally. I then think, okay, in her eyes, this is what it looks like. I did this. I'm being very logical here. How can I calm her down, explain it peacefully? When you approach it that way, the, the dynamic between like, like, like what we were talking about, like nine times out of Nine times out of 10 with you and your wife, it's been making so much more progress to whatever it is better for you guys. Yes. When you can approach it that way, it gets much better because now you're not overreacting. Now she's getting to understand your logic behind things. You can, you can use the energy that we both have, these opposite genders. We have opposite energies. You can use those energies to make something so good, so beautiful. But men don't understand that. So I'm putting it on the men now. You guys are too fucking emotional. <laughs> men are way too fucking emotional. <laughs> Some of them are. I totally agree with you on that. Now, one thing I can honestly say about my wife versus other women that I've been with, and I've had enough, believe me, <laughs> is that my wife possesses something that the average woman doesn't. And that's the fact that although she has her emotions, she also has logic. And it, mm. it's it, as weird as that may feel to me or sound to me, I couldn't have asked for anything better 
than to have a woman who understands the man on a logical level and not just driven by emotions. I'm not saying Lucky you. she doesn't have emotions, <laughs> but she does. But I have a rarity and I'm excited about that. I'm happy about that. I'm ecstatic. And I think that there are more women in this world that need to be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree to an extent, but it gets odd when she's fully logical and no emotions. Like, because I like, I personally, I like a feminine female. So when it you can have a little bit of, you know what I mean? She's very, she's very woman. Trust me, she's all woman. There's nothing that the average guy, if you're a strong guy, you wouldn't want to take anything away from her at all. Mm. She's very, very, very feminine. <laughs> There's nothing hey, that I can take away hey, from her to say that. <laughs> hey, 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 Yellow, let me know if she has a sister. <laughs> she does have sisters. <laughs> We can we can talk off camera. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, you not, it's 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 been a, a very blessed journey having her in my life. It has been. So um speaking of um journeys. So tell me something. You you spoke about uh, future condo. What is what does this idea of future condo look like? What does the idea of future condo look like? Your your idea of your future condo. What does it look like? Yeah. So so right now, what we do is we're we're a real estate investment advising firm, and we help investors buy pre construction developments, homes, condos. Essentially, you can tie up real estate today and buy them. You can buy real estate today and close on them in the future. And as an investor, it's beneficial because naturally the value of private property increases over time. And on top of that, you don't have to use all your money right away. Meaning that if you buy something and it requires 20% down normally, instead of putting 20% down now, pre-construction investments, which is what we do, it only requires 5% now, for example, 5% the year after. So you can save money along the way. You can put down installments along the way and also invest and own real estate. So that's what we do. We do about 150 or so deals a year. Last year, it's just a little bit less than that because it got a little bit slower toward the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we have about 150 of these investors every single year. And I mean, the goal for this, like I don't have that. It, it sounds bad, but like because a lot of people say that you should, think very 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 long term i don't have a super long term like foresight on this company i just do every single day what needs to get done because re regardless of what happens the same work needs to get done i still gotta make x amount of calls meet x amount of people do x amount of deals so as long as those things are being done i don't know where this is going to be but i know compounding is true the compounding effect is very true it's real i've seen it and, and I know if I just keep doing this, it's going to turn into a seven-figure business, one day an eight-figure, nine-figure, and a ten-figure business. Most definitely. Most definitely. And it definitely sounds like you're definitely working hard at it. And that's that's awesome. Are you only doing business in Toronto right now? Or are you doing business in multiple places? So we operate... I, my office is in Toronto. And... Most of the developments we sell are in the greater Toronto area. However, in 2021, we did a project in Orlando, Florida called the Azure Resort. There we helped about 25 to 30 of our investors invest in these short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. um, so, we're, I mean, wherever the money is, we go. Because mm -hmm. if you need something in Florida, we, we have projects in Florida. I have a team out in Florida that, that helps source, source of these projects for me. Mm -hmm. and this opportunity came up where you can make thousands of bucks a month in positive cash flow and be in a growing, growing state like Florida. So we saw the opportunity. We identified it. We helped 25 to 30 of our investors invest, and th that was, it was a blowout project. There was like 100 units in that building. We sold out, excuse me, 100 units in that development. We sold out 30% of it. Okay. So where do you get most of your investors from? Where does most of the people... Um, come from as far as geographical areas yeah so most of our my investors are in canada mm -hmm. the biggest mistake that i made which is also 
I wouldn't even say it was the biggest mistake. A mistake that I made when I first started in, in real estate was I spent thousands of dollars on advertising to get leads. But my advice to anyone just getting started is to reach out to your existing network mm -hmm. because the average person knows 200 people. So that means you know 200 people. But if the 200 people you know also know 200 people, that means your network is now 40,000 people. So the 200 people you know, if you're selling shoes, cups, or real estate, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're selling, if the 200 people you know might not buy directly from you, they might know someone that might buy from you. Mm -hmm. So you got to think bigger in that sense. So my mistake was that I spent too much money on advertising, getting new leads that didn't know me, like me, or trust me. Mm -hmm. Instead, now I tell everybody, call your entire database because these people know, like, and trust you. Call mm -hmm. them and say, listen, I've started this business. Um... Let's just use real estate, for example. Listen, I just got my license in real estate. I don't have anything to sell you. However, I would love to get your feedback on the marketing that we do. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, of course, Luke. Of course, Yellow. I'd love to help you out. Anything to do to support your new business. Mm -hmm. Like, great. Do me, a, do me a favor. Follow me on the socials, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And also, we send out an email every week, every two weeks. Can you just reply back? Let me know what you think. Yeah, of course. Okay, great. What's your email address? Boom. Now you have an email list followers on social media, TikTok, everything. And now every time you post something, they might not buy a condo from you. They might not list or sell their home with you. But if they bump into somebody on the subway that says, listen, man, I've been having a hard time with one of my rental properties. This tenant's giving me a hard time. Your friend's not going to say, wait, my friend Luke, my friend Yellow is in the business. He knows what he's talking about. Why don't you just reach out to him? Let's see where that goes. And boom, now you have a referral. That referral might not lead you anywhere. But over enough times, it will. Right. So over the um, course of getting investors, um, are there a specific type of investors that you focus on? People that are only focused on real estate, um, entrepreneurs that have multiple things going on and may actually invest in your business. Is there a specific type of investor that you all look for? Not necessarily. The best people that I like to work with are the ones that are open to learn. I think this just goes back earlier to what I was saying about arrogance. Some people are just too stubborn to listen, which is fine. We, we tend to turn those people away because if anything goes wrong, then for whatever reason, even things that can be easily fixed, they, they tend to be very stuck up about it. And I've done enough deals to, to, to like, I'm not the type to force people to buy. Mm -hmm. If you don't like me, then we, we don't have to do business together. No problem. Um, <laughs> But like the type of people that we work with are just regular working class people, man. Mm -hmm. Like I'd say less than 30% of my clients make over 30K, 300K a year. Everybody's making less than 300. Like I, I know that's a big number, but okay, let, let, let me think of another way to, to word this. I'd say on average, my clients are making about 70 to 80K a year. They're not they're doing slightly above the average salary but they're not crazy rich either mm -hmm. and i'd say and, and i'd say less than 30 percent, maybe 25 20 to 25 percent of my clients are are making over 300k a year so 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 the bigger players it's like it's like you have those two groups but i find that the 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 mindset is the same i tell these people the type of investments that we're helping you with are not going to make you ridiculously rich overnight. It's a pre-construction development. They might not be ready for three, four years. But assuming the market does its thing, on average, you can earn anywhere from 130 grand to 150 grand. If you're okay to make that kind of money over three years, let's do this. If not, no problem. Let's look at something else. Exactly. So we, 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 like, there's no specific demographic of age. There's no specific skin color. My first client ever was 19 years old. My first sale ever was, the kid was 19 years old. And his dad, his dad helped him purchase the, the condo because it was just getting overpriced. So his dad came in and helped. Awesome. 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 So um, in this, the business that you all are doing, um, approximately what age groups um, that you're dealing with? And do you all look at the demographics of that area before you go into that area? to start building? Not necessarily. We just find people that 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 understand the value of real estate and investing and that, that can afford it. And then we help them. Like mm -hmm. there's not a, 
really, really there's not like a specific demographic. I know a lot of people say that you have to create that avatar. Like that's like a term in the marketing industry where you have to create that avatar of who exactly you're looking for and attract that person. We don't like if you can afford 10% of the purchase price. So let's just say it's a $500,000 condo. If you can afford 10% of that, which is 50 grand now, and you're okay to save the other 10%, then yes, you're ideal. You're our ideal client because the last thing we want to do is sell something to someone that only has 5% and they end up getting screwed and they, and they end up losing their deposits. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're comfortable with the investment price, then let's do it because everything else we can figure out. We have the right clauses inside of these contracts to protect you. So for example, we have something called the right to assign in every contract that we, that we sign. Meaning that if for whatever reason that closing, we don't want to close on it, or if we can't get the mortgage or whatever it is, we have the right to sell it to somebody else before closing on it. That keeps you protected. That's a safety net. Okay. We have all these little things built in the contract that keep you protected. So really to us, it's just, can you afford it? Yes or no? Okay, let's talk about if this strategy works for you or not. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. So um, it sounds like you all really, really care about the people that you're working with. And that's truly a blessing because you don't always find that in any business. It doesn't matter what the business is. You don't always find that. Um, so when you all are dealing with your clients, do you deal with them one-on-one -on -one or do you deal with them over the phone or is it all of the above? I'll I'll answer that in just a moment, but I'll actually, I want to go back to something you said very quickly about why I take care of my clients. I'll actually tell you literally why and, and call it selfish. If I were to screw somebody over and force them to buy something that they could not afford, I wouldn't have gotten paid on it anyway if they defaulted on the contract. So if I force someone, like let's say I only have 20, like someone has 25 grand and I'm forcing them to buy a million dollar condo and they actually, they for some reason, I'm, I was so compendious enough for them to actually do it anyway. If they default on the purchase, meaning if they don't pay the other installments, which most likely will happen if they only have 25K and they're buying a $1 million asset, the builder's going to cancel the, the contract. I don't get paid. My client loses money. So what was the point of me forcing someone to buy something they can't afford if I'm not going to get paid on it anyway? Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't force people to buy because if you, for some reason, for whatever reason, you can't afford it, I'm not going to get paid on it. So now, now I look like, a corrupt real estate agent and now I don't have money because I'm yeah. not getting paid on it. So there's no, there's, I have zero incentive to force anyone to buy, mm -hmm. but to, to answer your, remind me your question again. <laughs> so I got when you're dealing with your clients, do you deal with them on a one-on-one? -on -one? Is it telephone? Is it via video? Like, or is it all of the above? Everything. So, so the best way to, build a relationship with somebody is in person. That's got to be at the top of your list. COVID is over now, guys. And 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 you, you can't afraid to be out to, there to, to go meet people. You got to shake hands. The more hands you shake, uh, the, you know, the more deals you make. So you got to be face-to-face. -face. After that, we like to do them at a larger scale, which is very nice about pre-construction because we don't have like a property to open the doors and show. We can do this at a large scale by having a seminar educating people on the strategy of pre-construction and then selling them something. So that's mm -hmm. what we like to do. We, we like to do a lot of events. After that, stuff like this, Zooms, just so I could see your face, you could see mine. Mm -hmm. And then we do a lot of phone calls. I'd say I'd say a good 70, 80% of my days on the phone. Like just regular phone calls, not Zoom, not FaceTime, just phone calls connecting with people to then book an in-person appointment, to then schedule them for to attend one of our seminars or, or events. But yeah, we hit, we got to hit them with everything, man. And then now, now we're on social media. You're going to see my videos and my faces everywhere. And if you like me, great. We can do business. If you don't, no problem. That's cool. That is cool as ever. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So um, tell me this. When you're dealing with the client, is there has there ever been a time where you say to yourself, I don't think this is going to work? And how did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you. This happened last night. I'm, 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 having, I'm having dinner with a friend for his birthday last night. Mm -hmm. I get a call. This is not, this is actually, this wasn't even a pre-construction investment. Uh -huh. This was for a rental. I had a client come in and said, Luke, I'm looking for a rental. Pro like he wants to rent. He's looking for an apartment to rent. Mm -hmm. 
So I said, no problem. We've been going back and forth for two weeks. And then right when we put an offer in, long story short, just to keep it short, we put an offer in, the listing agent comes to calls back and says, listen, I called your clients, the tenants, workplace. I called the like all the references. Mm-hmm. You don't know who this guy is. Like he doesn't exist in their database. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's been working at this company for a year and a half now. He's been there for so long. And he's like, no, man. We, we like they're like, we spoke to the chief of staff. They have no record of this guy. We we don't have any record of his references. We don't know who this is. I said, okay, let me call you back. I hang up. I call my client and I say, listen, the references and the company that you claim to work for, they don't claim you. And they're like, and he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like they don't know who you are. Like, is there like some kind of misunderstanding? And then, and then he's like, okay, we'll talk about it on Monday. I said, no, we have an offer in irrevocable for three hours from now. If they accept it, you could get screwed. Obviously they didn't, you wouldn't, they're not going to accept that offer. Right. I'm like, tell me the situation now, what is happening? He says, okay, bro, come clean. All these fucking documents are fraudulent. I don't work. For two weeks, I've been working for this. I've been helping this guy find an apartment. And this guy tells me it's fraudulent. Like, he doesn't work. He doesn't do any of the things that he claims to have done. All of the documents that he created were all forged, fake signatures, everything. Wow. wow. For two weeks, I've been, like, I've been so open with you. And I asked you in return to just be honest about your situation so I could package up a nice profile for you and present it to a landlord. And you, all you did was lie to me for two weeks. I would I would not have even gotten paid much on that deal. Like in Toronto, you get paid half month's rent, and we, he was looking at a twenty eight hundred dollar two bedroom condo, twenty eight hundred bucks per month, which is not much. So that means my commission on that would have been fourteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I would have got fourteen hundred bucks over two weeks of work, and now I'm not going to get anything because everything he told me was a lie. It was all fraudulent. And I said, "Listen, sleep on this overnight. Call me tomorrow and tell me how would you like to approach this." In my head, I was just kind way of saying I don't want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So at the end of it all, what what was your takeaway from that particular incident? What was your takeaway? <laughs> don't do rentals. Don't do rentals. If you're an agent, go for the big deals. Do the commercial deals, $100 million and up. Don't do rentals for 2800 bucks a month. You got to go for the biggest deals possible because there's frauds everywhere. So if you're going to get frauded, at least do it for the big bucks. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But my, <laughs> I have to make that clear before I got canceled. But if, if really my biggest takeaway is that, hey, this is part of business. Like, that was just one story. This literally happened less than just like 16 hours ago. This literally just happened. So I'm used to this. I've had countless stories of these things about people have to let go and, and, and deals I had to purposely cancel because of very similar situations. Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway is that it is basically pretty much what I've always been telling myself. Like, okay, on to, next, on to the next deal. What else can we do? I can't cry and take back the two weeks I spent on this kid. Let's get to the next deal. Let's go. Let's go. Offense. That's all I think about. Offense. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So, do you see yourself doing anything else in the near future besides real estate? Yeah, I've already branched off. So, last year, I started a company called AutoVision GTA. And what we do is we help used car dealerships detail their cars so they look nice and pretty before they get sold. Now... We do about 100 cars or so a month. That that business took off within four months. We got to doing six figures within four months. And, and, and yeah, like now we're starting to expand that business out to where we start to get our licenses and stuff so we can start flipping cars. That's happening in the very near future. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's what we're working on, man. That's just, that's just these two businesses. I'm not – like when a lot of people ask me what I do for work, I don't really tell them I'm a realtor. I just tell them I'm a problem solver. Really, that's what I tell them. Like mm-hmm. if you have a problem that needs to get solved and if you're prepared to pay me, I'll get it done. I'll okay. get it done. I've told people countless times that I got somebody yesterday reach out to me developing a software company. You ever see those like menus in McDonald's where it's like digital, like on a TV and it switches screens yes. and stuff like that. Yes. He's developing stuff like that, but for restaurants, condo buildings, stuff like that. Awesome. And, and he, 
yeah, he reached out to me. He says, do you know somebody that can do like, put together the software? Do you have somebody that could do the sales or marketing? I says, of mm-hmm. course. I've already within within thirty minutes, I made introductions to the right people. Almost. Within thirty minutes, because because people come to me. See, that's totally non real estate related. Mm-hmm. But I p- position myself as somebody that can get the job done. So if you need something, let me know. Because my real estate business is totally separate from my auto company. Mm-hmm. They're not linked. I never leveraged my real, real estate contacts to build this business, my, 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 my auto company. I never leveraged any of those contacts. Mm-hmm. I just know that there's a, there's a proven process to get a business started. Once you learn how to do it once, you could do it repeatedly over and over again. Mm-hmm. And now that I understand the concepts of doing that, I can do that in any single business. So that's why I tell people, I'm a problem solver. Whatever you need to get done, I'll get it done. Don't pro- No worries. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> that's fascinating, yeah. you know, rather than the BSing people, you just keeping it raw and real. That's the best thing. It's always the that's best it. thing. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so tell me, a little bit more about yourself in terms of um, how do you yourself feel about the things that you're doing and what motivates you to keep going? How do I feel about myself? I think I don't like to get too high on myself because when I do, I tend to, God always finds a way to humble me. So I think that that I, I do feel that the progress that I made has been good, but I know ultimately that I don't like to get too high on that because like I, like I said, at any moment, God's going to be like, shut up and then boom. And it puts me right back into my place. And, and knowing that at any moment that can happen, that's what keeps me somewhat leveled. I, plus I just don't like to act too cool anyway, because nobody likes that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like that guy. So why would I want to be that guy? I don't like to act like a hot shot or any of these things. So I'm very proud of the things that I've done, but I also know I'm nowhere near where I'm going to be. And on top of that, I don't want to act like I'm going to be some big shot because at any moment, anything could change. So I like to be very humble. I like to be very open. I want people to know that I'm a good guy because, and not that I care to try to prove myself, but the things that I say can come off very strong sometimes to a lot of people, especially people that don't understand it. But I think if someone were to sit down with me and have a proper intellectual conversation, they're going to realize that I mean no harm. The things I say are all jokes. We've cracked so many jokes throughout this podcast. So <laughs> I, That's what I do. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, hey, hey brother, we, we can vibe off well off that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, that, that's, just, that's just how I feel, man. And, 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 and I, I mean no harm. Like I just, I like to, to me, integrity is very important. Yes. Like I, I would never sell my soul. If someone said, you can make a $1 million commission off this sale, but it might do this to your client. I would say no problem. I'm not doing it. I don't need a million dollars. What do I need a million dollars for? That's going to disappear when I die. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to, it's good. But that's going to be noted in God's book when I go to heaven. So I want to, I want to, I want to keep that book as small as possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't want to work too hard to get there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, to, to, to me, my metric, like a lot of people, their metric is, for example, a basketball player's metric is how many times can I score, s- score or, you know, put a ball in a net. That's mm-hmm. their metric. My metric is how much money can I make in the most honest way possible. Yeah. That's my metric. How yeah. many dollars can I generate without screwing people over, without cutting side deals, without cutting, you know, ties and burning bridges, any of that stuff. That's my metric. Awesome. That is awesome. So I have an idea for you. If you ever decide to merge your business ideas together, you can get a building and fix it all up nice. And then you can take one of the cars from the dealership and you know how some of the businesses advertise their their vehicles. You can put it right on the top of the building and you can say, hey, change the name to something that merges both names together. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Hey, 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 yellow. Here, here's the thing, though. I'm I'm Asian, bro. So if you give me a car, I might end up crashing into the building. Who knows, bro? <laughs> Who knows, bro? We have a bad reputation of being. We have a good reputation of being bad drivers. <laughs> it's all. It's all good. It's all good. 
I'm just yeah. messing with it's you, not, man. But it's, it's not gonna be on top of the building like strategically placed. It's just gonna be in pieces, <laughs> crashed, destroyed. Insurance, insurance is calling me, asking, asking what the hell happened. How did this building end up upside down at the top of a fucking? How did this car end up at the top of a building upside down? Hey, or maybe you can just put a put a car right there in the office. Uh, yeah, who knows, bro? Let's see if I can even get it parked there. Who knows? No. I'm, I'm playing around. I'm playing around. I'm messing with you. I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you. Um, so how about some key takeaways that you have encountered that you wanted to share with the world from the time you started to now? So I have two businesses, both my first business probably took about a year to do its first six figures. My second business took four months to do its first six figures. And the only reason why both businesses were able to scale so quickly at a young age, at such early ages in their business and early ages of me as Luke Leasing is because I stopped in both industries, real estate and the auto industry. And I stopped and said, who is killing it in this business? In real estate, it was my mentor, Jazz. In the auto company, it was another guy that owned a dealership and they were doing hundreds of cars a month. And I stopped and said, who are these people? And how can I bring them value? Because these rich, wealthy, successful people don't want to sit with you, even though you and I are funny, yellow. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, just because we're funny and we can bring jokes down to the, to the pub with them, that doesn't mean they're going to keep us long for, keep us around for very long. They need actual value coming into their life. So I thought and said, how can I bring these people value? For Jazz in real estate, he just liked my attitude. He liked the work ethic. To him, that was valuable. And then I worked as his, as his assistant. That brought him value because everything he needed to get done, I got it done. And I never once questioned him. He can vouch for me. Never once questioned him. And I never once said no. I was a yes man for a good year. Until now, I'm a yes man. But especially as his assistant, Jazz said jump. I said how high. I was a yes man. That's how I brought my value. In the auto company, I had this friend that had that dealership doing hundreds of cars a month very successful guy. And then I thought to myself, how can I bring this guy value with the detailing company? And then I said, why don't we just undercut this guy, undercut his current detailer by 20%, take a pay cut, but at least now we had the business. That's what we did. That's how we brought the value. And, and that guy that owns that dealership until this day, I still do favors for him. Like he was in the hospital a few weeks ago because he had a stomach, something bad, like stomach poisoning. He was coughing up blood or something, whatever it was. He's good. He's good now, but he called me and said, Luke, like, I'm feeling very ill, but I have a Honda that needs to get picked up on the other side of the city, and I need it to get dropped off to the other side of the city, from the east to the west. That's literally what, what happened. And I'm sitting here, it's 9 a.m., and I'm like, like I'm going to spend the next two and a half hours doing this thing. I have a lot of shit to do, but it's my friend. I got to take care of him. I did it. I didn't do it from a complaining perspective. It's just now I'm thinking in my head, okay, how do I rearrange my schedule? I did it anyway. He paid me $0 to do it. But guess what? By doing that, he introduced me to more people. He didn't introduce me to more dealerships, I meant. He didn't introduce me to more dealerships because I did that. It's just that when you do people favors and when you bring them value, they feel indebted to you and they want to repay that. Mm -hmm. So for example, Yellow, if I come right now and if I bring you a coffee, you're going to be like, thanks, Luke. If I come back the next day and I bring you a coffee, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, this guy did it two days in a row. (laughs) By the third day, you're going to be like, no, 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 I owe you a coffee now. That's just how it is. So when you can bring value to these people, you're going to get it in return. So my advice for people is bring value to the people at the top of your industry because they're going to be able to teach you and guide you so you don't have to keep hitting your head against the wall. Hey, that's a blessing. That's a blessing, man. I love it. I love it. Definitely. So um, also in your your journey, what would you tell new and upcoming people that's trying to reach – the goals that you've achieved already? I think it was exactly that, man. I think you got to just put your ego to the side and just think who's killing in this game and how could I bring them value? Because the only way to fast track your your success is learn from somebody that already made all the mistakes and just learn from them. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to do it as quick as possible. Or you could do what most people do is, is, is they puff off the chest a little bit act like a hotshot, act like they know it all and hit their head for three, four years and then maybe have a little bit of a breakthrough. <laughs> you could do it that way. 
Or you can just be like, humbly, listen, Mr. John Smith, I don't know anything, but you do. I'm going to do this for you. Da-da-da-da-da. In exchange, I just expect that I'll learn just by being in the room from you. You don't have to sit down with me and mentor me. I just want to be in the room because I might pick up a thing or two uh, that you see on the phone. That's it. Mm -hmm. No problem. Like, I'm not going to overstep. None of that stuff. If you approach networking in that way, you can meet somebody that's willing to share and give you value and, and mentor you indirectly as well. Just because just by being in the room, you, you learn through osmosis. If you're in the room with people that are, are that have a seven figure net worth, making millions of dollars, you know, on a weekend, and you just get to overhear their conversations on how they speak, how they sell, how they how they do deals, you're gonna learn from that's a lot of value. You're doing better than the people that are that are doing it by themselves. So learn, just get in the room, find a way to get in the room. Like, like, like for me, like if anybody, I challenge anybody, if you, if you want to learn and connect with me, just DM me on Instagram. It's, it's at Luke Leasing. I'm an open book, man. Like I have, I was telling yellow this off camera. I had no programs to, 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 to sell anybody. No, no courses, no training, none of that stuff. But I know that if you connect with me and there's a, you have some kind of idea, like putting a building, like car on top of a building and I like it. Who knows, man, we might be able to, to, to do some business together. Who knows? Definitely. Definitely. Hey, it's a blessing, man. You're young. You're 22 now, right? I'm 22, 20, turning 23 in June. I'm getting old, brother. I'm getting old. <laughs> I say you're getting old. Yeah, good luck. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. <laughs> good luck with that, Luke. I'm 51, man. <laughs> hey, 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 brother, you look good for your age. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they say black don't crack, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's good black don't crack. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Man, I am definitely happy that we actually had this this interview today. This is awesome. I'm glad to see a young businessman like yourself doing the things that you're doing. It is it is truly awesome. And I hope that a lot of young people learn something from this video today. So what would you like for our audience to get from this video today? I think that if you couldn't tell, I think being as authentic as possible and as humble as possible, I think that can resonate with a lot of people yes. because I could have came in here. I could have came in here with a suit and tie trying to act like some hot shot da, 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 and try to look cool <laughs> and try to tell you you're doing this and that. I just came in. I came in with the jokes. We came in friendly. I'm wearing a t-shirt in the office. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Yes. be yourself man just 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 really just come off as authentic as possible and that, that's when people are most receptive to work with you man because you can, people have an intuition like if you have an intuition people have an intuition yes. and they can smell when you're hiding something they can smell the insecurities yes indeed. so you gotta just be chill enjoy yourself have a good time you know what i mean god's god sustains people in the fire so anytime you're going through a hard time just know that you know religious or not just God, God's taking care of you in, in, in ways that you don't even understand. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I would like to tell people, man. You know, network, find people at the top of your industry, learn from them, bring them value to, to in exchange, learn from them and just be as authentic as possible. I can smell when people are lying. I can smell it miles away. I couldn't smell it when that guy lied to me about his fraudulent documents. I'll tell you that. But, 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 but trust me. <laughs> you got a new takeaway now. There you go. Maybe, you got a maybe new takeaway. Disregard, disregard my conversation for the last minute and a half. My intuition is horrible. <laughs> hey, so, so check it out. I'm going to tell you. My key takeaway for this particular video is one, continue to learn from the youth of today because the youth of today are doing something different. They're doing things in different ways, but don't underestimate the youth and think that they're not doing anything because we see so many that we don't see exactly what they're doing, but it doesn't mean they're not doing anything. You have to pay attention, Stay focused because the people in my generation want to see the youth grow. We want to see the youth doing things that most of the youth are not doing. We want to see these things actually happening because it gives us a sense of security that our future is going in the right direction. 
if we don't see the youth doing things, we can't feel like the direction is being taken control of and that our people are going where they need to go. We can't see that. But people like you, another young man that I interviewed um, just recently, you are give us hope. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm pretty sure there are other people who is going to look at this video and they're going to be grateful for that. It also need people to understand that yellow is raw and real. And I keep the conversation that way as well. And I also want people to understand that when you come here to YTP Entertainment, I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to understand that this is about you and I holding the conversation that's going to benefit everybody. <laughs> I, 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 I love that, man. I love that. I want to, I want to, I want to do one of these every single week with you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somehow, some way, we can make that happen. We can make it happen. <laughs> hey, not, 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 now I'm going to get into the podcasting business. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's make it grow. Let's make it grow. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. I, I love that, man. I love that. Thank you so much, Luke. It's been a blessing. Continue to do what you do, man. Continue to grow in life. Continue to help other people understand what prosperity really means, being open and honest without all of the shadiness and the scams. Continue to be that way, man. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being on YTP Entertainment. Many blessings to you, man. Peace and blessings. Your boy Yellow is out of here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.